In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Are you glad to be in your father's house this afternoon? I am glad also. Uh, before I can go to the time of my message, I thought I'd share a small testimony. I thank God for the 26 years of marriage that He has given to me and my wife. They were the most lovely years. To God be the glory. If God was not involved in our marriage, we won't be here today. Marriage is not easy. I never... I can see the men looking at me in a different way. Marriage is not easy. If your wife is not a God-fearing woman, we will all be in the streets. And if you are not a God-fearing man, your wife will be in some other place. We thank God. It's because of the blood of Jesus. It's only because of the blood of Jesus. The third person of the Trinity takes control of our marriage and we are there. I thank God for the 31 years that I've known my wife. We have been through mountains, valleys, in heaven, on on earth, everywhere. And we thank God for what He has done. Luke chapter 11 verse 28 says, Blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. Let us pray. Let us pray. Most gracious and loving Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. Father, we ask you to take this word, the word that you have for your children. And Father, we pray that you will make this word have a place in their heart, that they will keep it. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus, Lord God, that the enemy will not rob your word from their heart in Jesus' name. Father, we pray, Lord God, that you will sanctify this place. We pray that your Holy Spirit will come and take control right now. Lord, have your way. Give grace, Lord God, as we open your word and as we meditate upon your word, you will reveal your word to us right now, Master. And Father, we pray in the name of Jesus, Lord God, that your word will do mighty things today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. When I was told that I'm going to give the message on today, today, and seeing that my anniversary is coming another two more days, I said, what could be the title of this message? And I said, God, give me wisdom. So I said, the best title will be, I'll talk about family. A man can talk about family is a man who has gone through thick and thin, through all the places. And I thank God for the 31 years that I've known my wife. I thank God for the 26 years that of our marriage life. And I pray to God that He will give us many more years to be faithful in His kingdom. Amen? So I've titled my message this afternoon, Why Family is Important. That's the title. Yes, my sister. Why Family is Important. I'm taking the title from Genesis chapter 2, verses 18 and 24. The Lord, the Lord God said, It is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. Therefore, a man will leave his father and mother mm. and be united to his wife. Amen. Therefore, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife. So I pray that bread of life will not change that. So, those of you who are sitting far away from your husbands, and those of you who are very far, 
can we do that first thing? That nothing will separate you from your husband or your wife. Quickly, come and join your husband or join your wife wherever they are sitting down. Quickly. Sister Padmani, come and join your, my dear b- beloved brother on my, in front of me. Anywhere else? I want husband and wife to be sitting beside each other. If the Bible says that, why are we to separate it? To do. <laughs> Please, if somebody is sitting between a brother, give them a chance to sit beside his wife or his husband. Praise God. I will tell you why I am doing this. I will tell you. Thank you, Sister Padmani. Okay, everyone, I hope you are sitting with your wife and your husband. Don't be sitting beside someone else. Because I'm going to ask you to do something after this. That's the reason. Okay? I want you to hold the person's hand next to you. If it's your wife or your husband. Or if you don't have your husband and wife, hold your brother's hand or your sister's hand. Said if you want, we are going to agree. Don't hold someone else's wife's hand, please. I will not be able to go to church after this. Okay, are you ready now? Let us bow our heads. Father, we pray, Master. Reveal your word. As they wait upon you, speak to them. We pray that you will do something mightily, Lord God, in families today. And families yet to join. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. There are many forces of darkness that is trying to change family. Many. If you look very carefully, there are a lot of voices saying out there that family is over. Especially from the Western world. There's no meaning to family anymore. And if you see all the TV serials that are going on, Adam doesn't live with Eve anymore. Adam lives with John. Eve lives with Samantha. And they are very happy ever after. They don't know who's mama, who's papa. And they are all living. That's the value. Family value has no meaning now in the present world. That's what they are trying to say. But I want to prove to you that family value has a great meaning in God's kingdom. Amen? The world has redefined the family value. But we are going to go and see why is family important. What are the values in a family? And what does the Bible say about family value? We are going to look at that. And just as brother read just now in Genesis 2 verses 18 and 24. In 18 it says, God says it is not good for man to be alone. He made everything, and everything that God made, He says, it's good, it's good, it's good. Every time as God was creating the universe, He said it was good. But only when He made man, He looked at man and He says, it's not good. It's not good for man to be alone. And immediately, there are two things I want you to to show you. Number one, it was God's idea. Family was created, originated, instituted by God alone. Number one. Number two, we've seen, when God put Adam in this environment of the garden, everything was beautiful, and yet he felt man was lonely. And that is true, even whether you're married or you're single, you're not supposed to be alone. You're not supposed to be alone. And I'll show you a little later on. Man was not made to be alone. Number one, why is family important? We are going to look at. Number one is, the family is to be a shelter in the time of storm. A family is to be a shelter in the time of storm. 
There are many storms in our, in our life and in our family life. It rains sometimes. It thunders sometimes. Sometimes there is lightning. And many things go wrong as not what we have planned. So, number one, we need a place of protection. Everyone needs a place of protection. A place of stability. A place of security we need. A place to call home. A place where loved ones are waiting for rest, no matter what be the situation. In spite of all our shortcomings, there is somebody waiting at home for rest. We know that. That's the reason many times, the moment the work is done, what's the first thing we do? We run home. We run home. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 26. The Bible says, Reverence for the Lord gives a man deep strength. His children have a place of refuge and security. The KJB says of refuge, but other translation says refuge and security. I want you to underline those two words if you have it. If you have just refuge, underline refuge or refuge and, and security. Do your children have a place of refuge and security at your home? I want parents to ask yourselves this question. Do your children have security and refuge? Or are your children refugees at home? That they are waiting when they will grow up and run away from daddy and mommy. Because daddy and mommy are worse than the policeman on the street. The Bible says that God created family as a place of shelter during times of storm. There are many types of storms in our life that we go through the moment we get married. Financial storm is the first one that attacks us. And the moment a financial storm takes place, immediately husband and wife start blaming each other as to how wife's expenditures change. The wife says, you bought that new car, you should not have done that. That iPad that was not required, you took that iPad. Not only that, you were not happy with iPad, iPhone you went for. Everything I, but I am not there in your life. All the eyes you bought. Then the husband says, what about you, honey? Every time you are going to the market, you go to buy groceries, you are coming back with dresses. You are also a person to be blamed. The moment we see financial, there is a storm immediately. It breaks through. Physical, we find. Physical storms also take place in family lives. Emotional storms. And women go through a lot of emotional storms. Men, be nice to your wives. And not, don't be nice to your neighbor's wife. But be nice to your wife. Okay? They need your support. They need your strength. They need your encouragement. And then we have the moral storm. I'm going to look at three storms that we face in life. There are three storms that we face in, face in life. First storm is, change is a storm. Change by itself is a storm. We go through many changes in our life. Number one, the first storm, sickness. The moment sickness hits one of the family members, there is turmoil in the house. The moment sickness hits the family, immediately all the knees go on the ground. Our searching takes place. Questioning. We blame everybody. And last we even blame God. But what is the right thing to do in the time of a storm? Is to go to the Lord and say, Lord, search me today. If I have sinned, take away that sickness. But if I have not sinned, it's for your glory. I accept it, Lord. But for the ultimate, let your glory alone be manifested in this situation. The moment sickness comes, be very careful what you do. Number two storm, death. 
This takes place and suddenly you find there's turmoil in the family again. The woman goes to a time of depression. And that's the time the man has no, no patience to bear with it. Because he's so busy with his work, he has no time to comfort the, the lady. Then we have children's graduation, a storm takes place. Immediately mama starts to get worried. Son is getting graduated, what do we do, where he's going, where she's going, who's going to take. And the husband says, no, she started again now. Don't worry, she will be okay. Our daughter will be okay, our son will be okay. But it's a natural thing. A mother goes through the storm when graduation takes place. Then, when jobs take place, there's another storm. You have to leave town. You're now mama's boy no more. You have to go into the world and there's another storm taking place. Then we fail. When you move to a different country, family members start to lose you and they say, he's going. There's a small storm there. Some family members are happy that you're gone. But some family members know that when my brother goes, when my sister goes, we'll be blessed. Amen? So we understand no matter what happens, home is a place. Mom and dad are waiting for us. No matter whatever be the situation. The second storm, failure is a storm. Failure is a storm. You're always not the winner, my brothers and sisters. Always you cannot be the winner. Sometimes you lose something. Sometimes you are turned down at your job place because you know you are, you, are, you are due for your promotion and they bypass you and there is a storm as to, I have been faithful in this company so long. Why have they bypassed me? God, what's going through? You want to transfer and you don't get it. And the person who does not know God, who's an unbeliever, gets a transfer. And that creates a storm in your life. Your children might fail in an exam. Immediately there's a storm in the family. Mother blames the father, you're not taking the responsibility to be in the house. All that you're doing is sitting at the computer. Father tells the mother, every time I can see you on your knees, you're not taking care of the thing. Take care of the children also. And there's a lot of here and there fighting take place. And no matter what, maybe that's not true, but that will, the enemy will bring it forth in your mouth and you start blaming one another, a storm takes place. A child doesn't make it to the teen. You know a child has to be very specially. There's a storm that takes place. If your child doesn't take part in the Friday school singing and if he's not in the main stage, there is a storm in the house. Why they bypass my son? My son must be in the front. I think Brother Lakin is not doing right. We blame everybody. And there's a storm there. When the market shares drop down, another storm goes away. Wife will tell the husband, I told you not to invest there. You have never listened to me. That's the reason all the money is gone. Maybe you never paid your tithes. Poor man, he's been paying his tithes faithfully. She blame it on everybody. I want you to watch very carefully how the enemy sows. It has nothing to do with one another. But the enemy takes things and he turns it around. Let us turn to the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 4, verses 9 and 10. Ecclesiastes 4, 9 and 10 says, Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. In all this we know, through no matter what will be a storm, you have a place to run to. Amen? My third storm is, rejection is a storm. Rejection is a very big storm. This, this is probably the most difficult one, being rejected. We hate to be rejected. There's anything else we can manage, but not rejection. Especially not being rejected by the one who loves you. You know, 
earlier everything is beautiful, but later on suddenly when you get rejected, that hurts you a lot. Being put down, your children suffer a lot in schools. Being ridiculed in the school, being criticized in the school, called bad names. Do you know your child doesn't tell you these things? They go through such torture in their school. When you are turned down, no one is there. You feel so rejected. My brothers and sisters, some of the most difficult rejection is to be growing up in school. In our days, school life was good, but not the present. If you want to know what is school life, become a teacher. Become a teacher for one, one week, and you know what it is. Those kids in the world are horrible. Our children go through a tremendous pain through those children who are in the world. Small children have only one goal. Let me share this with you. And that one goal is I want to get back to home and be in my mama or my papa's arms. Because they are going through hell in the school. Parents, I want you to listen very carefully to this. All parents, to be parents also listen very carefully. When your children are small... They do not know how to express their struggles that they are having to you. And when they grow big, they don't want to express their struggles to you. When they are small, they don't know how to do it. And when they grow big, they don't want to do it anymore. You know why? Because when they are small, they, don't, they know that you don't understand what that little heart is going through. Because they come every day crying. And parents do not realize what that little heart is going through. So that when they grow big, they say, you don't care. All you care is about yourself. Why should I share this with you? If you are not a shelter for your children, then when they find someone else to be their shelter when they grow up. What should be our response then? Brother Claudie, what should be my response in situations like this? Simple. The problem with us is we don't do simple things. If someone tells you to shave your head, you will shave it. Because we like complicated things. Simple things, no, no, don't tell simple things to me. I'll tell you a simple thing. Take time, number one, to listen to your children. When they are small, they want daddy or mommy to sit on there and just listen to them. Don't pretend to do that. They know that you're pretending. Because they know that you're playing on the iPad and you're saying, yes, tell me, tell me, tell me. They will tell you and they'll walk away after that. Don't do that. Mamas, when you're cooking, you tell your child, talk to me. But really, you're not listening to that child. You're just waiting for that child to talk and get away. You're not taking time to listen to that child. And let me share something. I feel it now very much to see when my children are grown up, I can't hold them in my arms anymore. That stage is gone. They feel shy for us to hold them. Now is your chance to hold your children. Hold them as long as you have them. They will fly away one day. And they will be held by someone else's arms. And you will long for it and you will say, Oh, I wish I can hold my baby back in my arms. It will be too late, my brothers and sisters. I have a 22. I know what it is. Even though she's daddy's daughter, but I know what a struggle it is. Take time to hold them in your arms. Stretch forth your arms when they fall. Stretch forth. They should know my daddy is there, my mommy is there for me. I don't have to. And take time to listen to them when they're discouraged. Take time. We are so much engrossed in making money that we are forgetting about the little ones at our homes. 
My second point this afternoon, a family is a learning center for life. A family is a learning center for life. What are our children learning from mom and dad? What are our children learning? Can you put the next one? Just press enter, sister. What are our children learning from mom and dad? Psalm 144, verse 12. Let us look at the scriptures. May our sons in their youth be like plants that grow up strong. Amen. Amen. The Bible always compares family to a garden. It's a place where people grow. Our children watch our lives very carefully. Let me share a small story with you. One day a couple, they were celebrating their anniversary. Maybe just like me, who's going to do it. They decided to take their little child to go for dinner. And the daddy was one of the leaders in the church. So they got ready. They called for a cab because they said, we might be coming late. Let us not drive back very late in the night. And the cab driver came. They had a cat in, a, in their house. And this cat was growing old. And the wife told the husband, honey, make sure you put the cat out when you come. I don't want the cat to be in the house. She's staring up all the things. She's grown old and grumpy. So the husband said, okay. The moment they closed the door, the cat also ran out of the house with them, between their legs. And she whispered, I told you to do that. Can't you go and put that cat back? And the husband's very, you know, when husbands walk out, they don't like to go back to the house again. But very reluctantly, he went back to the house, and he was looking for the cat. And while he was searching for the cat, Mama was sitting in the car with the baby, and she was wondering, he's taking a long time. So she told the taxi driver, he's just gone to see to my mother. Because she was scared... If the taxi driver knew if the house was empty when they were away, maybe it cost something. Thinking of that, she said, he's just gone to see to my mama. The husband comes back after a minute, rushes into the car, does not know what happens, and he tells, you won't believe what happened just now, he says. That old clown went under the bed and was not coming out. I took a hanger and I poked it into her side, made a jumper, and she's out of the house. And the taxi driver looked at them and he says, this is the leader of that church. And I'm being invited to go to this church. I'm not going there next week. The daughter looked at the taxi driver so surprised as to what happened. She turned to her mama and she says, only last week she beat me for saying lies about my exams. Then the husband looks at the three of them. He says, I only left them for two minutes. And they all look at me like as if I committed some murder. Brothers and sisters, let us turn to Psalm 101, verses 2, 6 and 7. 101, verses 2, 6 and 7. I will be careful to lead a blameless life. Mm. When will you come to me? I will walk in my house with blameless heart. Verse 6. My eyes will be on the faithful in the land. See what God is telling. My eyes will be on the faithful in the land. God is always interested in faithfulness. Continue, my brother. That they may dwell with me. Ah, when we are faithful in the land, God says, now you will dwell with me. No matter where you are, no matter what your situation, you are going to dwell with me because you have been faithful in small things. Continue, my brother. He whose walk is blameless. Ah, not only being faithful, but now your walk with the Lord is blameless. Will minister to me. And now I will take you and I will use you. Because you have been faithful, your walk is blameless, and now you are going to minister before me. Amen? 
Verse 7. No one who practices deceit. Here's the danger now. He says I will do all this. But nobody who practices deceit. Will yes, dwell in my house. You will not. You might be saying. But brother Claudia. I am already inside the church brother Claudia. I am singing in the choir. I am ministering. See what the word of God says. No one who speaks falsely will stand in, in my presence. presence. You might be doing the work of God, but you will not be doing the will of God. You will not stand in His presence at the end. Be very careful of these words. Can children see that you are living a blameless life? Sometimes parents think it's okay to say a small lie. I'm not hurting anybody. I'm just protecting our house. The woman thought she was just protecting the house. So she said, he's going to take care of Mama. Not hurting anybody. But the child who was listening there said, Mama, he's telling lies. And yet she beats me up for speaking lies about my test results. Ephesians chapter 4, 6 verse 4. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. There are two words I want you to look at. Number one, bring them up in the... Training, underline, circle the word training and circle the word instruction. There are two things you are supposed to do. You train them, you instruct them. When you are training your children to go through a phase, there are three things that will take place. Number one, you take them from parent control. Now you are training them, you are instructing them. That is from parent control, you now give them to God's control. You say, Lord, I have trained them in the ways of the Lord as a little child. Now they have grown. I give them back to God's control. And the moment you give your child into the control of God, God will take them. And when they go into the world, they will be self-controlled. Amen? So we've seen from parent control as a child, surrendering them into God's control. God takes care of them. And when they are in the world, they will be able to control themselves whenever sin is attacking them. And that's very, very important. Luke chapter 2, verses 52. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. Number one. Number one is wisdom. Jesus grew in wisdom. We see this as intellectual growth, number one. Number two, in stature. Jesus, yes my sister. Jesus grew in stature, which is physical growth, we see. Number three, Favor with God. Spiritual control we see number three. Next slide, my sister. Keep pressing it. Favor with man. Social growth. We see four areas that Jesus grew. Number one, wisdom, stature, favor with God, favor with man. And that, may that be your children's portion in Jesus' name. May that be your portion also in Jesus' name. Amen. Of our homes should be a ground where children learn godly values. Amen? Now, let me share something. This will not happen overnight. I might preach this as a one-hour message. It will not have it happen overnight. It will take its time. It's a process. It's a long time. But you need to have patience. You need to bear with them. Your children are not going to get saved overnight. Your mom and dad are not going to get saved overnight. It's a long process. But I want to tell you one thing. One day they will bear fruit in Jesus' name. One day it will be your portion that your family will serve God in Jesus' name. There are three areas I wanted to show you that you need to protect. There are three areas. Number one is relationship. Number one is relationship. 
family needs to know how to relate to the children. Many times, parents only relate to the one who is good. Only to the one who is studying. Only to the one who is doing the ministry. They cannot relate to the next one. The other one who is struggling, they don't relate. He is an outcast, he is an outcast. So you must understand one thing. Relationship, even though whether your child knows Jesus or your wife knows Jesus or not, you should have a right relationship with your children until the day they give their life to Christ. Amen? Number two, character. Character is not going to happen overnight. You yourself, myself, we are not become perfect. It takes time. Someone said that character is what you are when you are alone, not what you are when you are in the crowd. When you are in the crowd, you have godly character. But when you are alone, beastly character. Families, my brothers and sisters, on Friday, we are God-fearing. The rest of the week, we are critics to the rest of the week. Uh, let me explain, what do you mean by that? On Friday, we see ourselves as a loving family. Very loving. All holy thou art. The rest of the week, something different. We, let us not go there. If anybody is sleeping, please wake up in Jesus' name. Third one, values. Is number very important, values. Some great values we learn. Number one value we learn as children, we learn the value of work. We see our parents working, we know there is value to it. Number two, there is value of time. We need to teach our children there is value to time. We don't waste our time. Number three, value to money. Our children need to know what's the, 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 the basis that when they want something, that you have struggled to get it. Not that your son says, can I have an iPad? Immediately the iPad is there. Don't do it. Let them know the value of what you are giving them. The value of God. Let them know what it, who is God in their life. Who is God in your life. Let them know the value of people. It's very important. Value of work, time, money, play, people, God. They have to learn these values. It's very important. Isaiah 38, verse 19, brother. Isaiah 38, verse 19. The Living Bible says, One generation makes known your faithfulness to the next. One generation makes known your faithfulness, God's faithfulness. You and I are like a relay team. We have a baton in our hand. We take this baton from our parents. Some of us who are second generation Christians have taken the baton from our parents. Some of us are first generation Christians. We have a new baton that we are going to pass on to the next generation. What type of baton are you passing on to the next generation? Can generations, 10, 12 generations, know and remember that I had a right baton passed on to me by my great-great-grandfather? The question is, what are you passing on to your children? I want to ask you that question. What are you passing on to your children? Have you ever heard somebody say, listen... I am not going to push my spiritual values on my children. I am not going to do that. I will allow them to choose. I will allow them to see, to make a choice when they can, when they can choose God. That is baloney. It's nonsense. Let me tell you that. The, God is not an option. God is not an option. You, if you are not teaching your children godly values, godly principles then you're making a very big mistake of eternal values in their life. It's a matter, don't say that, let them decide. The Bible says as parents, it's the job description. One of the job description of every parent is teaching children godly values. 
We find that in the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 6, verses 6 and 7, where we see godly values passed on to children. These commandments, impress them upon your children. Talk about them when you sit at home. Number one, talk about them when you sit at home. And when you walk along the road, when you walk along, number one, when you sit, number two, when you walk, yes, my brother, when you lie down, when you lie down, and when you get up, when you get up, have you seen the four areas? Now, lying down means don't put your children to sleep and say goodbye, good night, don't get up tomorrow morning. It's not that. You talk to them when you sit down. When in a meal, you talk about godly values to your children. When you walk around, talk to them about godly values. When they lie down, basically what is telling mama and papa, before you can put your child to sleep, tell your child something about God. Teach them that before they can close their eyes, my daddy taught me godly values before I could sleep. My daddy sat with me and prayed with me before I could go to bed. And when you wake up, make this your first option that the moment you rise up, you will sit with your family and you will pray with them. That is godly value. That when you walk, you spoke to them. When you sat, you spoke to them. When you lie down, you spoke to them. And when you woke up, you spoke to them. That is godly value. When they get married, they will say, this is what my daddy and my mommy did for me. Let us do it. Because you have taught them some godly values. Amen? What are our children getting from us? The question is. Let me share something. You know an average child watches 1,000 hours of television a year. 1,000 statistics says. Now, if we bring our children every week, every Friday to church, if they are able to hear the gospel for two hours every Friday, in a year, they will have 96 to 100 hours of Bible teaching. 96 to 100. If there is a, if there is a Bible study once in a week, if we say, then maybe 150 hours for a year compared to 1,000 hours a year of television. Have you seen the values here? What are we teaching our children? Let us evaluate the evaluation of what we have in life. We should be able to evaluate the evaluation. What kind of values are you teaching your children? What type of values is your family learning? My third point is, a family is a place of play. Now, don't take this play and pull your wife and say, let us go play now. Please don't do that. A, a family is a place of play. The family should be fun. Do you know what is fun? Say, I don't see anyone even smiling. Because we don't know what's the meaning of fun. Do you know the question? Now, let me ask you. Read Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verses 9. But I'll come back to that. Enjoy life with your wife. Ah, enjoy life with who? Not with my wife, with your wife. Many of us want to enjoy life with someone else's wife. Not with our own wife. Yes, brother, there's one more passage. Proverbs 5.19. Be happy with your wife. Nah. All the Bible is saying your wife, your wife, wife, your wife only. Continue, my brother. And find your joy with the girl you married. Uh, this is from good news. This is good news Bible. My brothers and sisters, before marriage... I want all the men and women to pay attention. Before marriage, wasn't life beautiful? You ran to see your wife. Huh? You told all the lies to your mother and father just to see your girlfriend or your wife at that time. 
was the laughter. Let me ask you a question. When was the last time you sat and you laughed with your wife? Now the wife will start giving digs to the husband. You have never done this. Thank you, Brother Claudie. The man never laughs nowadays. Before marriage, I seen all the teeth. No, no teeth at all. You know something? Nowadays, when the wife, when the husband sees the wife coming, he says, oh my God. Here comes Good Friday. She's going to crucify me. I don't know what she's going to say. He immediately will open the Bible as if he's praying. He'll open a magazine as if he's reading. That's the time he's on his iPad on the computer. Why do you know men sit on the computer all, the, all day long? Because they know the wife comes, there's something going to happen. Some crucifying going to play. Maybe one day the sun, next day the sun. And last end of the week he's crucified, he comes to church and he starts praying, when are you going to take her, Lord? Now the husband. When the husband sees the wife, he says, wow, here comes Easter Sunday. And when, sorry, when the wife sees the husband, she says, here comes Easter Sunday. Something is resurrected. Don't know what he's going to scream about now. So in the family we see Good Friday and we see Easter Sunday every day taking place. Is that your, your portion? And I pray that will not be your portion in Jesus' name. Amen. Have you seen the bumper sticker, a family that prays together, stays together? I want to give you a new bumper sticker. A family that plays together, stays together. Take your wife to the beach. Just simply tell her, baby, you run, I will chase you. Even if you can't run, just chase her. She'll say, I can't run, honey. Now you know what is happening. doesn't matter. You walk. Let us think that we are chasing each other. Let people... Let people think you're crazy. Let them think you're crazy. Enjoy. Laugh, guys. We have not laughed for a long time. That's the reason when you go in the afternoon or in the evening with your wife, your wife doesn't want to look at your face. Because she says, this guy is coming. He's going to start now. While you enjoy with your wife, I want to share something. Learn to have fun with your children. Brothers and sisters, our children are neglected. Please. They're going to come next week. They're going to perform here. Let them not just perform once a week and you are happier once a year. No. Let them perform every day in your presence. Amen? Amen. Husbands, enjoy the company of your wife. Now, how many, of, how many husbands have your wife's side of you? I have to be very careful I say this. How many husbands have your wife's side of you? Very few hands. Where are the women? Tell your wife I love you. Don't tell another, fellow, another person's wife. Please, please, don't tell another person's wife. Tell your wife, I love you. Now, women, tell your husband, I love you also. Now, turn to your neighbor and say, I love you with the love of the Lord. That's all. <laughs> with the love of the Lord. Don't put any other love. With the love of the Lord, I love you. Can you do that? See, Sudhir hiding his eyes and he's saying, I love you with the love of the Lord. He's got the blindfold all very on. Brothers and sisters, we need to have fun. We need to have fun at home. We need to have fun in God's presence. You know, God is very playful. He likes to have fun. Why do you think you painted the sky so multicolors? He loves to have fun. He loves to. Psalm 127, verses 3 to 5, my brother. Children are a gift from mm, God. Children are a gift. Now, you've seen that? Continue, my brother. They are his reward. Ah, number one. Your children are your gift. And number two, they are your reward. Amen. Continue, my brother. Children are like sharp arrows. Mm. Happy is the man who, 
whose quiver is full of them. Amen. I am increasingly aware my children are going to be with me for a short time. My daughter is getting ready for a, to go to a next stage. Working and then next cycle will be marriage. You have them for a short time. Enjoy this time. They are going, they're not going to be around you for a long time, my brothers and sisters. My fourth point, make the best use of it, okay, while they're here with you. The family should be a, a launching pad for ministry. A family, this is my last point, the family should be a launching pad for ministry. Have you ever heard of that? Your family should be a launching pad as a ministry? There's nothing more exciting than to see an entire household serve God. Amen? My greatest joy, seeing my family serve God, is what I want. Let us look at 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 15, brother. Taken from the Living Bible, Stephanus and his family were the first to become Christians in Greece. And they're spending their lives helping and serving Christians everywhere. My brothers and sisters, you know it's a great joy for me when I sit down every week and when I see my son worshipping in the choir, when I see my daughter working in the Friday school for God, I have a great joy. And I have one more son to come forth also to serve. But my greatest joy to know I have laid, I'm, I've, I've left a second baton. I know that when I go, I have a generation that is going to love Jesus. I know when I go, I have a next generation that is going to serve Jesus. I know, Lord, thank you that you are faithful, that you have not abandoned my children. And may that be your portion in Jesus' name. Amen. How do you do that as making your family as a launching pad? How to do that? Very simple. Acts chapter 16, brother. The whole family was filled with joy because they had come to believe in God. Acts ah, 16.33. Amen. That the whole family. Joy will come when the entire household is in the presence of God, worshipping God. Amen? When you see your whole family know the Lord, number one. Number two, love the Lord. Number three, serve the Lord. That's the joy for a man to see. My wife and I love God. Our children love God. Their generations are going that love God. The greatest joy is that. My number one task as a father is to do the best I can to see my children grow up Loving Jesus. That's your number one task. To see that your children love Jesus. Brethren, our God is a merciful God. If you have a child that still does not know the Lord, if you have a family member that still doesn't know the Lord, don't give up. Storm heaven every day that that person will give their life to Jesus. Amen? If your, your family already are Christians, what do you do? I want you to turn that into a ministry. I'll tell you how. A practical way a family can be is to do hospitality. Hospitality is a very, very effective way of ministry. I'll show you how it is. Romans chapter 12 verse 13, brother. I'll show you how hospitality is a very mighty tool in God's hands. Yes, the Living Bible says, when God's children are in need, hmm. help them out. Number one, okay. Get into the habit of inviting guests home for dinner. Get into the habit of inviting people for dinner, okay? Or if they need lodging for the night. If you read the scriptures completely, you'll find this was a common practice of the first century and even in the Old Testament. 
People never allowed travelers to travel around. If they came and sat in, a, in the square of a village, people would go to them and say, don't stay in the square, come and stay in my house. It's not safe to stay in the square. And in the first century, we found that very common. Is that a practice that we are taking up? We say we want to minister to people. I'll tell you a simple way. Have hospitality. I would, I would start, number one, to do that is you dedicate your family to God. If that's what we are going to do today, while I call my brother a little later on to pray, Brother Sean, I'm going to ask you, you number one, you're, you're going to dedicate your family to God. That's God's idea. And now, what we have heard this afternoon is only just the tip of the iceberg. We've got so many topics that we have got. God willing, if time permits, we are going to see it. Now, there is, not, there is no perfect family. If there is a perfect family, call me. I want to come and join you. There is no perfect fam family, but we are all striving. We are doing our best. But with God's grace and God's help, we will become one in Jesus' name. Amen. My brothers and sisters, I want to close with a story. There was once, and this is a true story, of a young man who was very wealthy in New York. And he felt he didn't like what his dad was doing. Because his, his father had his own rules. And he says, this is not what I want. I want to go live my own life. I want to have my own lifestyle. And one day he says, dad, goodbye, I'm going. He left town and he went away. He wanted to enjoy life. He says, this life is too much. All church, 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 nothing else. I'm not enjoying life. He went and in a very short time, he lost everything that he had. He ended up downtown begging for dimes. And everyone who crossed him, he says, please sir, can you give me a dime? And he never even used to look up to the people's face to have for begging. He felt so ashamed to beg, but he had no other choice. He would look down and he would beg. That became his state. He is now begging for a dime. The man had everything. One day as he was begging, um, he seen a foot, a person walking towards him. And while he went and he stretched forth his hand, he says, Sir, can you please give me a dime? He found a gentle touch on his shoulder. He looked up and he seen it was his dad. And he says, Dad, is that you? He said, Yes, son, it's me. I heard that you were in the slums. I heard that you were begging. I heard that you had no clothes on your back. I left everything and I came just to take you home. You have everything back at home. You don't have to beg for dimes. There are many Christians in this world. They have given their life to Jesus. They have been anointed. They have been blessed. But yet they run for dimes in the world. They beg in the world for things that does not last for long. Pleasure that is only for a short time. And they beg for that. They do all the wrong things which will not last. They are dimes which the enemy throws at you. But in your father's house, he has blessed you with all the riches. All you have to do is just turn back and say, God, I'm coming back home. I don't want to beg anymore for dimes. Satan will throw dimes at you. But God throws his vast kingdom. Amen? Amen. While I call Brother Sean to come and pray and minister. How many of you know this song, Lord, I Believe? You know the song, Brother Matthew? Why don't we sing that song?
How many of you know the song? Lord, I believe. Lord, I believe. Let us rise on our feet. All things are possible. Lord, I believe. Lord, I believe. Lord, I believe. All things are possible. Lord, I believe. Hallelujah. Lord, I believe. Hallelujah. Lord, Lord, I believe. All things are possible. Lord, I believe. I need now under your wings. to us. Thank you, Lord, for showing us the reality of our Christian home. Thank you, Lord, for giving us new light. Thank you, Lord, for divine illumination. Thank you, Lord, for grace to live as you want us to live. Thank you, Lord, for showing us how to behave ourselves as godly Christians. Thank you, Lord, for showing us how to love our wives. Thank you, Lord, for showing us how to love our children. Thank you, Lord, for showing us your heart for our families. Thank you, Lord, for showing us your heart for our families. Blessed be your name. 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 In the name of Jesus. 
Lord, we know that without you, we can do nothing. The Bible says, it is you that appointed everything for us. And many such things are with you. Everything that you have appointed for our families. We command the release of them today in the name of Jesus. Love like never before. Love like never before. Love like never before. Lord, by your mighty hand, let it flow into our families. Let it flow into our homes. Let it flow into our hearts. In the name of Jesus. Grace not to disappoint you. Grace not to fail in our calling. Grace not to break down at the altar of storms. Lord, we receive it today in the name of Jesus. We stand against whatever may want to destroy our families. Father, we stand together as a church. Whatever the enemy may want to use to destroy our families. To put our families in disarray. To disunite and disorganize our homes. Whatever evil desire, whatever evil plan, today we stand against it in the name of Jesus. And I speak as a servant of the Most High God. Whatever pain you are going through in your home, whatever pain you are going through in your body, whatever affliction is ravaging your life, I stand on this exalted altar. And I agree with the leadership of this commission. I agree with the God of heaven. I stand upon the calling of the Lord Most High upon my life. And I say to you, the storm is over. Let me hear your Lord, Amen. The storm is over. The storm is over. The storm is over. In the name of Jesus. That affliction you saw today. You see them no more forever. Amen. Your family is coming beautified, glorified, dignified in the name of Jesus. Amen. Everyone believing God in their families for a major breakthrough. I mean a landslide victory. I mean a colorful, glorious, marvelous, beautiful, lifting. <laughs> Before this month is over, as the Lord of us liveth, before whom I stand, there is a release for you. 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 In the name of Jesus. Your secret tears are over. Your secret tears are over. Somebody is weeping over the son. Somebody is weeping over the daughter. When will this my son turn? When will this my son turn? I'm glad to announce to you this morning. There's a turn around now. There's a turn around now. There's a turn around now. Somebody is crying over the husband. When will my husband turn? Somebody is crying over the wife. When will my wife change for the best? I'm glad to let you know this morning. There's a turn around. Yes, the in the name of Jesus. Amen. The zeal of the Lord of all shall perform it. Amen. 
every family believing God for the fruit of the womb. You have shed tears enough. God is saying by the Spirit of the Lord, no more delay. No more delay. No more delay. He said the angel came from heaven. He put one leg on water. He put one leg on land. He lifted up his hand and swore by the name of the Lord God who liveth forever that there shall be no more delay. You will carry your baby, we will rejoice with you. In the name of Jesus. Everyone believing God for a job in your family. Before this month is over, receive your miracle job. Receive your miracle job. Receive it in the name of Jesus. So shall it be. You are blessed beyond the cause. From today, the joy and beauty of God will begin to radiate in your family. Your family will live like a Christian home. You will live like a godly home. In the name of Jesus. The zeal of the Lord of us shall perform it. So shall it be. Thank you, Father. Blessed be your name. I hear in my spirit laughter. 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 That means for you. For you. For you. There shall be laughter. This is your year of laughter. Put your hands together for Jesus. Before we share the grace, there is still one more announcement to be made. Call Brother Funme. Praise the Lord. How many people have been blessed? Praise the Lord. Uh, the excellent men of the bread of life. Praise the Lord. Okay. We will hold a leadership training seminar. And the title is Exploring Biblical Principles of Leadership for an Excellent Man. The date is on the 25th of April, which is on Thursday. And the time is from 10 a.m. to 12 noon. Here in this main hall. After that, there will be food, like we did the last time, both Indian and Nigerian. I had a lot more requests from our Indian brethren that we should cook the Nigerian food. And if there are leftovers, they want to take it home to go and share with the wives. So I will expect all of you. I asked the ushers to share a, a copy of this to each man. And in there, we have three groups. So you are either received the one from group one or group two or group three. The short assignment we have to do between now and Friday or Thursday in our program is if you receive group one, you are to read about Peter and Paul. Please go through their weaknesses and their strengths. A man cannot give what he does not have. If you are called to be a leader in your home, in your office, in your community, and you don't know what it takes to lead, somewhere you have to learn it. So that's what we are coming to do. We are coming to sharpen each other as iron. So learn the weaknesses first, 
so that we know that these men of God are weak like us, and then their strengths. So if you are group one, you will learn about Peter and Paul. If you are in group two, you will learn about Hezekiah and David. And if you are in group three, you will learn about Nehemiah and Gideon. By the grace of the Holy Spirit, we, all the members of the church, sort of the executive of the men, have come up with this program, and we got the support of the church council as well for it. So we are looking forward to it being a most wonderful program. So please, brethren, do the assignment so that when we come on that day, it will be very interesting discussion. At the end of the day, we are going to be able to collate all the good things that we, as excellent men, can learn from these Bible characters. The book of God is rich and complete. Inside it is where we are going to start to pick what we need to be excellent in sight of the Lord. And God will help us in Jesus' name. Time again is 10 o'clock. Please, we are going to start at 10 a.m. prompt. Please and please try so that we will be able to cover all we needed to do for the day. And by God's grace, the next program we are going to do it jointly with the women. That would take gratification for the church council so that we all can be together. Our brother has really blessed us richly today. And God will continue to bless us in Jesus' name. Let us share the grace. Now may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. Amen. Surely God's goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives, and we shall dwell in the house of the living God forever and ever. Amen.